0: Welcome to Value-Based Care Insights, brought to you by Lumina Health Partners, a national healthcare consulting firm focused on improving the strategic, financial, and operational performance of provider organizations. On this program, we will explore trends and share valuable insights on how health systems and medical groups can optimize their performance to meet the demands of this increasingly complex healthcare environment, and shift to transform the delivery of care. Value-Based Care Insights is hosted by Daniel Marino, Managing Partner of Lumina Health Partners. Daniel has been in the industry for over three decades and specializes in shaping strategic initiatives for organizations in areas such as population health, clinical integration, physician alignment, information technology, and data analytics. For additional insights, visit luminahp.com and sign up for our newsletter. Dan, over to you.
1: Welcome to Value-Based Care Insights. I am your host, Daniel Marino. We have a very special program today where we're devoted to talking about the 23rd Population Health Colloquium in Philadelphia, September 18th through the 20th. If you've never been to the colloquium before, it's it's a fascinating event. Um, I had the opportunity to attend the colloquium back in 2017. And, and one of the things that really um, impressed me was the ability to to gather folks together who have um, are really at, at, at different places in their journey in population health. Some folks were very experienced and been doing it for a number of years. Others had just sort of gotten involved in it in the last couple of years. Um, and the ability to create a networking type of, a, of an event with experts that um, you feel comfortable having conversations with and really uh, learning a lot of the lessons and hearing a lot of the, the bumps and the bruises that folks have had along the way. It was, just, it was just fascinating to me. Well, I am really pleased today to have on the program, Dr. David Nash. Dr. Nash is the founding Dean Emeritus of Jefferson College of Population Health. He's faculty professor of health policy at the Jefferson College of Population Health, and believe it or not, has led the coordination of now 23 population health colloquiums. Dr. I, Nash, welcome to the
2: program. Thank you, Dan. Uh, great to be together, and I'm smirking because I'm probably the only person on the planet who's been to all 23 events.
1: <laughs> I, I, would, I venture to say so, that's that's amazing. You know, so 23, and and clearly you know you you've been involved in population health you, you probably started a lot of the you know the the the, the principles of, of population health over years how has the colloquium changed over the years to where it is today
2: yeah wow what a great question uh, so 23 years ago we had uh, 50 60 people in an auditorium on our campus uh, and you know i remember it vividly we uh, there was a large number of people And they were the only people who could, first of all, spell colloquium. That was one prerequisite for attending. And uh, back then, of course, it was uh, disease management, then chronic care management, and then population health colloquium. So we changed the name over the two and a half decades. And then uh, the uh, heterogeneity of the audience increased. Uh, Back then, it was only academics because nobody else knew what we were talking about. Uh, then I became editor-in-chief of the only scholarly journal in the field, Population Health Management. Uh, so that got expanded. And then by the time our first textbook in Population Health came out, we're now on the fourth edition. So the overtime, uh, we left the campus. We went to a small hotel on the riverfront. And then finally, we ended up at the Lowe's Hotel right downtown. A big wonderful place that's been good to us over a long period of time, yeah. but yes, I mean we went from fifty to at one point over seven hundred people attending right before COVID.
1: Well, you definitely have influenced uh, and, and 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 I would probably venture say led a lot of the population health initiatives, and you know when when you look at. The agenda, um, and you know, I, I'm I'm really impressed by the speakers, um, the, the 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 topics that are there. It, you know, it seems to me there's three o- overarching themes that are really as, as key takeaways from from the colloquium. I think one is really value-based care and equity, right? And I think social determinants of of health play into that, but health equity, something everybody in population health is very attuned to. I think the second thing is around value-based performance, right, and delivering value-based care. And then the third area, which I'm really interested in, is innovation. And in particular, how artificial intelligence is really driving a lot of the population health models, outcomes, and a lot of, I think, the our ability to be more proactive.
2: Thoughts around those themes. Well, that's really great that you could discern that from the agenda. That means we've done a good job organizing it. Look, the colloquium historically, especially in the last five years, Dan, is very deliberately a newsworthy event, meaning there is not a single theme that ties it all together. And the reasons are we start the planning nearly 10 months in advance. So it's hard to know you know, what will be on top of people's minds. So we try to keep it as newsy as possible. And certainly the three themes you elucidated are on everybody's mind. And uh, we'll get into it today, of course, but, uh, you know, value-based care, the social determinants, artificial intelligence, chat GPT, innovation. I mean, these are the drivers in our field today. And per your previous question, of course, none of this existed 23 no. years ago. No. Right, these are the Even top though- of mind issues that are driving
1: all every every individual, every organization that's involved in population health.
2: Right. So this vocabulary is completely different. And you know, speaking personally, I'll give you some insight. When we opened the doors to the College of Population Health, which wasn't until 2009. In fact, nine nine oh nine. So it got oh, nice. a certain, you know, feng shui, easy to remember. Um, I spent two years on campus, on my own campus, explaining to people what right. the heck is population health, right? Yeah, right. And a little history lesson attached to that. Of course, it wasn't until March of 2010 and the launch of Obamacare. I was at an AHA meeting in Chicago, giving a plenary talk, and Congress voted to approve Obamacare, and off we went. I mean, it was a celebratory day in many levels, but selfishly super important because people then started to say, okay, you know, I get this.
1: Right. Well, they started to think about care differently, right? That's right. Less episodic care, more around the populations, more around driving change on an outcome basis as opposed
2: to like I said, an encounter or an episode, basically. That, that's right. And right. it wasn't until USA Today, the mm-hmm. 2017 story, right? So, seven years after Obamacare, front page story USA Today, the most important journal in medicine, had a whole article about wow, keeping people out of the hospital is a good it's idea. A good thing, right? It's the a thing. Good thing. Amazing. Right.
1: Well, I, I'm I'm excited to talk about the speakers, and in full transparency, uh, I'm very fortunate and really excited to be speaking at the colloquium myself. My presentation is on uh, September 19th. Um, but one of the things that I want to dive into, you know, you've got two really interesting panels, and and the first panel, which is on Tuesday, um, it's insights of the C-suite chief population health officer panel. I have to tell you, Dr. Nash, population health officers didn't exist a few years ago.
2: That's correct. Uh, So give you the thumbnail history here. So first of all, thanks for pointing that out. And kudos to our faculty leader, Dr. Mitch Kaminsky. Wonderful. He's the chief of our population health programming, and he'll be moderating the panel and you're right. The CPHO sounds like C-3PO from Star Wars. <laughs> yes. The CPHO is a you know new term, a new member of the C-suite, and it's called different things in different places. But pretty much people understand now what that is. I want to give credit to my longtime colleague and good friend, uh, Dr. Rita Numeroff at Numeroff and Associates in St. Louis. She and I, have collaborated on probably the most comprehensive annual survey that's been published in Modern Healthcare and referred to in multiple places, where we really mm. sort of said, "Whoa, wait a minute! There's a new sheriff in town, and she's called the CPHO."
1: Yeah, and well, we
2: started to started that discussion. Gosh, six, seven years ago, and then having it come full circle to the colloquium and bringing these leaders. People like uh, you know Dr. Jamie Reedy, Reedy, Reedy and others. I mean, it's going to be spectacular. Well, it's going to be
1: fascinating because when you when you look at this, you have you have four population health uh, chief population health officers coming from different segments of our industry. So, Doctor Doctor Reedy, who I had the opportunity to work with her, you know, a number of years ago. You know, she's the CPHO for Horizon Blue Cross. And then, you know, Dr. Walker is with the Children's, you know, Neymar Students Hospital. So you've got such a great diverse group. I can't wait to hear that conversation.
2: Yeah. And the good news for both of those leaders is that they could practically walk to the event. (laughs) (laughs) They could. Almost, you know, they can commute, that's for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they could. The other one that um, is definitely, it's a little bit different. And I I think the focus um, is something that's near and dear to my heart. It's on the, the uh, I believe it's on Tuesday. Um, it's the chief quality officer panel yes. um, where you actually have brought together a number of chief quality officers. Um, you know, Dr. Dean from the emergency department of Mount Sinai, but you also have da- uh, Dana Steiner who's from the Nebraska Health Hospital Association. You
2: bet. So little history here. And again, special kudos to our faculty, Dr. Mary Cooper, who leads our entire uh, quality programming. Remember, too, that the college was the second such school in the country to have a master's degree in quality and safety. And we created that uh, from the get go, our partnership with the American Association of Physician Leaders. Mary is a former Connecticut Hospital Association executive.
1: Oh so she's yeah she's
2: the real deal MDJD she's amazing she's on the editorial board of our journal American Journal of Medical Quality so you know Dan quality and pop health those have been our two core competencies at the college
1: oh absolutely and and I would venture to say It's really the foundation for any organization that truly wants to succeed in population health. You know, we work with many of the organizations um, around the country. A lot of physician groups, a lot of hospitals, looking at outcomes, looking at quality. That is the key driver in any prospective care model. You have to really look. For sure,
2: we take that real seriously. I mean, our listeners appreciate. Here we are in 2023. And all the major national quality measures post-COVID are all in the wrong direction, as you are most likely aware. And depending on who you read, sadly, medical error remains the fourth leading cause of death in America, right? Heart disease, cancer, COVID, and medical error. That's where we are today. Pretty sad.
1: Well, if you're just tuning in today, I am Daniel Marino, and you are listening to Value-Based Care Insights. I am here talking with Dr. David Nash, and we're going over the upcoming 23rd Population Health Colloquium that's in Philadelphia, September 18th through the 20th. Um, so Dr. Doctor Nash, I want to dive into a little bit of, of some of the other speakers that you have, because I, again, I, I'm pretty impressed with with the level. Tom Aubrey, um wrote a great book um, on hacking healthcare and looking forward to he- hearing his perspective on artificial intelligence.
2: Thoughts? Sure. I got to know Tom very well over this past summer. Uh, I read his book, uh, Hacking Healthcare, and I thought we got to have this guy present. Now, what I didn't appreciate is that he was Microsoft's number one yeah. AI guy. So it's a little hard to wrangle. Uh, But now with his book tour, he's all literally all over the world. I don't think I've ever talked to him when he's in the US. But he's coming to Philly. We're really excited. Uh, He's a down to earth. The book is easy to understand. It really is clear AI, machine learning where we're going. And what I really like about Tom is that he links AI to reducing variation in care, improving quality, all the things we just talked about.
1: Yeah, well, and that is so key. And especially, you know, as many providers, many physicians struggle with just getting their arms around managing all of the data and the elements there, a tool like artificial intelligence could just be an unbelievable asset to physicians as they really start to think about conquering these challenges with the complex patients and understanding the impacts of social determinants of health, all of those things. So I'm really excited about hearing him.
2: And Tom is a real optimist, as am I. And he believes, like I do, that it's a tool that will help reduce burnout, improve outcomes, improve safety. Uh, I hope I'm around long enough to see it all happen. That's, That's my current wish. Yeah, uh, but Tom, Tom is uh, going to be one of the stars of the show for sure.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm excited about that. The the another speaker you have, and it's um he, he's really opening up the conference as the keynote is Dof- Dr. Jeffrey Brenner. Um, his keynote addresser. Are you, are we there yet? Detours yeah. on the road to better care at, at lower costs. And I have to tell you, um, I had the opportunity to meet Dr. Brenner probably about seven eight years ago, but his The article um, that he was a part of with Atul Gawande back in 2011 was so influential to me on my career. Um, it was really the first time back in 2011 where I realized the importance of data and how data and information could really change healthcare delivery outside of the clinic, right? It's all, right. all social determinant stuff, which wasn't called social determinants. No, certainly
2: not. Well, you press the button. So I'm going to tell the audience a very quick story. Okay. Uh, so Jeff Brenner, what a great guy, of course, uh, MacArthur genius awardee, let's not forget that, right? Oh, yes. So Jeff Brenner is uh, probably now, you know, he's um, almost 15 years younger than me made an appointment to see me a number of years ago, we had a deep connection that we both went to Vassar College in Poughkeepsie, New York.
1: <laughs> no. I was in
2: the second co-educational class. That's a separate story. But Jeffrey came, Jeffrey came to see me as a fellow alum. And I'll never forget, it looked like a typical family doctor, you know, had kind of a shirt that wasn't exactly pressed and shoes that were scuffed. He literally was a storefront family doctor. And in his briefcase, Dan, were the initial data set showing that these people, certain key patients, the recidivist patients in Camden, New Jersey, were clogging every ER. And it was a small number of patients responsible for the vast number of er days and subsequent spending and he said to me what should i do with this data i mean and i said this is red hot stuff and you've got to take it and run with it and boy i really am grateful that he showed up at my doorstep of course i take no credit for jeff other than saying to him go home and get busy well, and- way
1: back when they had to just be fascinating. For it was you fascinating to have that conversation. I mean, here you have a young doctor with That's all right. of this data here. And it's like, okay, we have something. What do we do with
2: it? Right. He, it was like my conference room table was on fire. That's what I remember. And then I talked to Atul, who I know pretty well and got them connected and the rest is history all i did was make the connection
1: you had yeah. a, pl- a part to play wow well yeah. i'll tell you that was uh that, that was a fascinating article one that definitely was a major influence on my career and that is really what kind of got me started in yes, popular email and i've been doing it, it for 20 some term hotspotting you know among yeah. other things right yeah right. absolutely the the other speaker that really comes to mind is noando aleo yeah, Dr. O. Um, I don't o. know if I got her last name right, but yeah, Dr. Nwando?
2: Yeah, so we call her Dr. O. That's her nickname. She's amazing. Uh, her ethnicity is uh, from Nigeria. Parents are from Nigeria. She, of course, lives in Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. So she's the top Humana national key health equity person. She's the face. She's the brains. She's the energy. I mean, she's pretty amazing. I won't tell you how young she is because it's embarrassing for me, but uh, Dr. O is a powerhouse. And we're very fortunate, of course, uh, Humana recently gave Jefferson a staggering $15 million gift in the form of three endowed chairs Wow. Uh, and Congratulations. we have the dean of our college, thank you, the Humana Health Equity Officer, and another title. And so Dr. O is coming to acknowledge, in part, this amazing close relationship between the College of Population Health and Humana, and to talk about Humana's national strategy, the punchline of which is you can't have value-based care without health equity.
1: Oh, uh, absolutely uh, I'll tell you I do you know when I'm based in the Chicago area I've done a lot of work with different health systems different you know community facilities and the health equity issues and just bringing care to the community is something that you know we've been passionate about for for years so yeah. I am I am really excited about you know hearing her speak and just some of the things that that she's looking to do and and also tied in with the direction of Human I
2: think that'll yes. be fascinating to hear. Yes, it will.
1: So, Dr. Nash, the, the agenda jam packed. Looks great. I think the the speakers are phenomenal. That the topics look really, really good. If there were, you know, one or two key takeaways that um, you know it would be important for the attendees to kind of think through or to walk away with, anything come to mind?
2: Wow. Sure. I mean, it's chock full as we've been talking about, but I guess from my perspective, you can't have value without equity. That's a major take-home message, I think. Uh, Second message is while cataloging the social determinants is certainly a great idea, we darn well better be able to do something about them. Otherwise, we're just going to frustrate patients and providers. And I guess my third take-home is uh, Buckle your seatbelt with uh, Chat GPT and AI. You know, um, as you probably have heard, Chat GPT got a 85% on the USMLE licensing exam. That's better that. than I did. So, uh, you know, I think that's something to really pay attention to. And we got to harness that. You got to get that horse before it bolts out of the barn. So, value based care, social determinants, innovation those those are the take home themes i i hope that everybody will take away the 3 weeks from now
1: yeah i i agree with you and just to kind of layer on top of that the ability to network with these experts to network with the other attendees the the takeaways just the lessons learned and all of that just huge value add i
2: know that well that's... I, i'm glad you said that too dan because as you know you know this is not hymns.
0: <laughs> yes. this is
2: this is not your father's Oldsmobile. And we do it that way on purpose because it's small enough and intimate enough that you could actually speak to the speakers when they're done. So be prepared to be surrounded when your presentation is over. I think that's a fair warning. Yeah.
1: Well, I am excited about it. And Dr. Nash, if any of our listeners, and I'm sure many of them are interested, where can they go
2: to register? Where can they go to, to learn a little bit more about the colloquium? Great. It couldn't be any easier. Just go to you know population health colloquium, one word.com, and all the details are there. The agenda's final, all the registration information. It's at the Lowe's Hotel, beautiful downtown center city, Philadelphia. And we're really looking forward to seeing everybody. And kickoff time is Monday. September 18th at 1 p.m. So you could travel on a set on a Monday and then we'll wrap it up noon on the 20th.
1: Yeah, yeah. well, jam-packed and just an exciting three days. I'm, I'm really personally looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing you and then the many other guests that are going to be there. Um, again, that is uh, Population Health. Uh, colloquium.com for more information and to register. Dr. Nash, uh, loved having you on
2: the program. Great conversation. Uh, thanks again for joining. Thank you for the opportunity and I look forward to seeing everybody in person in our great city. Yeah, likewise,
1: likewise. I want to thank all of you for listening until our next insight. I am Daniel Marino, bringing you 30 minutes of value to your day.
0: Take care. Are you at a crossroad with value-based care? Do you need to chart a future strategy or improve your organizational performance? Visit us at LuminaHP.com to learn more about our consulting services and leadership development programs. Also, you can sign up for our newsletter on our website and follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. For more information about value-based care insights, visit the program's page on healthcareradionow.com or LuminaHP.com. Join the conversation using our hashtag, VBC Insights. We are Lumina Health Partners. Thank you for joining us today. Until the next value-based care insight, stay well.